Really? If you're a guest, thank you for coming out. My name is Pastor Rich Lee, Pastor here. You come at a good time. We're in the middle of a series called Baggage, and you saw our video. And last few weeks, we unpacked a few things, and what we try to do is unpack some emotions or some things that we deal with on a daily basis that we carry around with and we call out and baggage in our lives that stop us, showstoppers in our lives that keep us really walking fully with God and for one another. And the last few weeks, we um, talked, unpacked uh, uncertain. We talked about um, being worth, uh, unworthy, and then we did last week offended. And this week, we're going to do a special word where I love to talk about guilty. And I just took everything out the room. So guilty and how we, a guilt can attack us and guilt can keep us from doing the things that God called us to do because it's a strong emotion. And the scripture we've been using for this, this, uh, this series is called John 8.36. So if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And what we're saying, all these words that we deal with, all these emotions we deal with can be lies, but we know God's truth is the one that set us free. We can't, set, we can't be set free by our own opinion. It has to be God's word. How many agree with me on that? So when we look at the word um, uh, guilt, it's an amazing word. Uh, when I looked up, the experts say this, it's a crippling emotion. It cripples us. Guilt is the, what they say, the greatest destroyer of emotional energy. It leaves you feeling immobilized at the present by something that already has already taken place in the past. And when I start reading on this series and looking up this word, because I looked up every word we're going to go over, guilty took me all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis. How Adam and Eve had the perfect and, and uh, relationship with God. They were in harmony with God. And then we had the enemy, Satan, who came in and deceived them. And what happened when he deceived them, the relationship that was in harmony got severed. And when they felt after they took the fruit, they felt like something's off, they felt guilty. And they wanted to cover themselves, and they wanted to hide from themselves. And God took it upon himself to come down out of heaven and walk in the garden, looking for his people, and ask them a rhetorical question. Where are you? And we see how a separate relationship with God caused some things that take place from that on, a chain reaction. First thing you know, we see Adam blaming God for giving him Eve. And she's blaming the devil. And they start with this pride. But then we see later on after God had to sell some things, he, he first introduced the gospel in Genesis 3.15. We see a, a brother killing a brother. And you look at today in society, we see a severed relationship with God. Leaves us with a severed relationship with one another. And things can take place. There was no more the prior to the harmony and the relationship with God. When that, when that relationship was, was severed, all the, we, became a, 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 uh, we became experts in our own matters and take, take care of things in our own energy. And we're looking around today. What you're seeing today, you got to realize something. Everything you're seeing today is spiritual. Anger is spiritual. When it's mentioned in the Bible, it's spiritual. Why is everyone so angry? Why does everyone seem to be yelling, not talking? We did some work here at the church yesterday. And I went to Walmart. And I get to uh, park up front because I'm 
50% disabled. Now go in and get some water and go back, put the stuff in my car. Guy pulls up behind me, lady pulls up behind him. He's waiting for this older couple to unload three carts because he wants an upfront parking space. The lady behind him goes ballistic, puts her hand on the horn. He jumps out the car and says, honey, don't do it. And he's screaming at her, and he's saying things I can't say today. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And he jumps back in the car. She's mad. She peels out in his truck. Guy comes around from Walmart and says, are you okay? Are you okay? I said, no, I'm just praying. Just praying. I'm okay. It's not on me. So I take my card. I put it in there. Now, he's still here, and I got to back up. So I'm praying we don't have a confrontation. Because we don't want to deal with a New York boy. Right. <laughs> but I prayed that morning, so I probably would have prayed for him. <laughs> what does he do? What does he do? He jumps out of his car. He says, sir. I'm like, here we go. We're going to move out the way for you. He backed up all the traffic. So I can get out. And he's, come on, you got, and he's waving me on. And I take off. What was that? A relationship with peace with God leads to peace with man. What am I talking about? This whole scripture here, um, we're going to go to Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel. We see it set up in Romans 4, 25. It says, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses, which means a fancy word for sins, and raised for our justification. And when we go to Romans 5, 1 and 2, if you have your Bible, you'll see some things about the, the benefits and the blessings of justification. I'm going to unpack that in a moment. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say through. Through him, we also have, also obtained access by faith into this grace which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. This emotion of guiltiness and being feeling guilty, it's a crippling emotion. But when you read the Bible, you'll see that we have been set free from guilt. We have been set free from our past. Because I mean, no, you have guilt from what you, you, you did before or what you did two weeks ago or what you did last night. If some of you wanted to come to church very nice, smell good, take a shower after you was out all night partying and you're feeling guilty and you're hoping that God will give you something to make you feel good. But that's not how God's best for us. When you look at the word, a fancy word justification means this, because I love this because it's a celebration. It means to acquit, to declare righteous, no longer subject to God's wrath. Here's the thing, guys. What we've done, our sin, deserved someone to die for. We deserve death. Jesus said, I will step in and I will take it. He said he died for our sins, but I won't leave them there. Because it's a, there's a judgment that must take place. I'm going to raise up for their justification. 
so they can declare themselves. When the enemy says you're guilty, you can declare yourself, if you're a Christ follower, not guilty. Not guilty. Why? Because it's been paid for. Talks about, we talk about the finished work of Christ. What does it say here? Jesus paid the penalty for our sin, which was death. Here's the greatest thing about the good news. God declares us innocent. How many know that's celebratory news? Well, what you're going to do, what you're doing today, what you're going to do tomorrow, God has declared you not guilty. See, if we don't deal with guilt, we become crippled and we are immobile. We don't move. You can come in this place and feel guilty as all get out. And you'll walk the aisle every week to get the guilt off you so you can go back out in week, uh, the next week and feel guilty again. If you don't realize the gospel, the finished work of Christ. Make sense? So the, the gospel, we want to celebrate a few things. First thing, when you look at the passage, first thing we realize, we have peace with God. That's good stuff. Now you got to realize before... You gave your life to Christ. You were an enemy of God. You were at war. When Adam and Eve fell and Jesus and God came down in Genesis 3.15 says, he's going he's gonna, to um, bruise your head and he's going to bruise his heel. What God was saying, I'm declaring war on Satan. When Jesus died, he rose up for our justification. God just said, now it's peace. Was a separate relationship. We were enemies. Now, whatever was enemies, all hostilities, they call, has ceased. I'm not an enemy of God any longer. I have peace with God. I want you to hear this now. Because you'll realize peace with God gives me peace with myself, which leads to peace with other people. People cannot... Walk in peace apart from God. We can build a law. We can do all these nice things. We can build classrooms and all that. Let's teach about how to love our neighbor. If your heart is not transformed to think like God, to have grace like God, you're going to just do it on your own level, and you're going to foul yourself out, and we'll have more and more and more. We'll have shootings. You say, how is that? That's impossible. What causes someone to do that? And now everyone's blaming everybody. But the thing called anger is a spiritual thing, thing. I want you this week, put your spiritual ears on and just turn on something and hear what's coming out. We're the Christians, remember? We have peace with God, which leaves peace with myself, which I can have peace with my fellow man. When that man saw me, I was praying, Lord, I have favor with you, Give me favor with him. First, I don't want to break up a fight. And second, I don't want to be part of one. Knock that anger off him. And what did God do? Why? I have the authority to do that. Why? Because I represent God. I have peace with God. have peace with myself. I don't have to go crazy and just help and leave peace on him. He probably don't even know what happened after I left. But praise God for the glory of God. Why? What do you say? The next thing is access. I have access to God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's the other thing. We have access through Jesus. Access to God. 
when we were separated from God at one time. In fact, the Old Testament, you would have me, like we want to pray for you on, a month, on Tuesday morning. You think I'd go into the holies of holies and pray for you. If I messed up, they tied a rope around my, hand, my ankle, and I would die right there in God's presence. Guess what, guys? We're not priests. You all have access to God all the time. He says, I'm the doorway. Why? The door has been broken open. The curtain has been ripped so we can have presence of God every single day. Wow. Are you serious? Yes. We got to realize that. We become so needy as believers. And we got missed the mark on who we're supposed to, re- re- uh, who we're supposed to depend on. We find issues and make them the main issue. The main issue is not that. You want evil to go away? You want anger to go away? Start in your neighborhood and start in your family and start in your neighborhood. One person turned to God changes the family. The government can't do it because they wasn't called to do it. And we, we believe in elected officials. You are the elect. The Bible says we are the elect. We are the game changers. We are the one. We are the culture. But when you rely on some false idol, you'll fall and die by that idol. Come on. That's good news last time I checked. I got peace. I got access. And then last thing, I got hope. <laughs> Who needs some hope today? Who needs some hope? What am I hoping in? Hope resides in the promises of God. Pastor Rich, what is the promises of God? Well, (laughs) salvation, promises of God. Righteousness, he declared me righteous. Eternal life, I'm never going to die. Those are the blessings. That is the hope. And here's the thing, I get to be in God's presence all the time. What we've done in Christianity, we, because of me society, God, what is your plan you have for me? And we'll chase me stuff all day. And his plan is for other people. And you discover what you're supposed to do when you see it through other people. You know what your, you know what your purpose is? Played out in other people. Well, what about my, what about my, my um, calling? What about my, and you take, we'll take things that God gives you an avenue to have influence, and we'll make that the main thing. You have a job because God wants you to touch people on your job. You don't have a job because you're getting paid. Come on, somebody. Ain't that good news that he trusts you to work? Yeah. Don't put your, don't put your passion on the vehicle of influence. Put your passion on the one who gives you the vehicle. That's good news. Hope? How many could use some hope right now? Hope that you don't recognize hope. You know why? Because it costs you everything. Now, it doesn't cost you like what costs Jesus. It doesn't. But really, hope is one of those strong words in the very glory of God. Now, the promises of God are amazing. But how do we destroy, how do we avoid the trap of guilt? And here's the first thing you got to do, guys, to avoid the trap of good. You cannot, you got to fall out of that hole of condemnation. Condemnation is one of those things. Have you ever heard this voice of condemnation? Hey, your life is over. You're not, no, no one's going to want you. 
There's no way back. Here's the one. Here's a good one. You call yourself a believer? You call yourself a disciple? And look what you, that's what you did yesterday. You call yourself a believer? And how about this? What you've just done, God will never forgive you. Now, who's telling you all that lie? And he'll use scripture and just change it around like it's true. But if you don't know the truth, you'll be entrapped by condemnation. What we call condemnation? Well, Pastor Rich, don't preach so hard because it makes me feel uncomfortable. That's not condemnation. That's conviction. Okay? Because we got to realize Jesus is our Savior. How many agree with that? Now, he's Lord, though. Right? Lord means master. So it's even wrong when you say no Lord. No master? No king? You have access to God. Here's the thing. God can play his card any day. He says, you know, I really don't have to give you access. But you know why you have access? Reason why you have access to me, because someone paid the price. And really, that word means access means you're able to go into the presence of the king on the favor of someone else. If he didn't do what he did, you couldn't walk up in there and be with him. He used his door to open it up. But he's Lord. Conviction is good for the soul. Condemnation will keep you from quitting. I love the scripture. If you really, when I, because I'm, I'm letting you know, it's not something, well, Pastor Rich got this all together. No, I don't. Believe me, I don't. I deal with the same thing you deal with, emotions. I do. That's why I stand the, I stand the truth. I love Romans 8.34. It says this, who is to condemn? Whoa. Christ Jesus, the one who died. Now, I love that part. He died. But more than that, who has raised us, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, which means all authority, like Pastor John said, has been given, who is indeed interceding for us. Now, here's what I said. If God has fully justified us, he presently interceding for us, who can presently right now or future condemn us? Because it... Think about in the courtroom. You show up in court. You did the crime. You have the prosecuting attorney, the attorney, the devil. Hey, he did this, he did this, this is me. He did this when he was 16. He did this when he was 80. He did this, 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 this. And Jesus said, you're right. You're right. He did it. Yes, she did it. Yes, they did it. Yes, they did it, Your Honor. Honor's God. Yes, they did it. Well, what are we gonna, who's going to pay the price? Paid it. I took care of it. I took care of the guilt that you're walking around in right now. I took care of all of it. That's good news. Last time I checked, I am not guilty. Whoa. Our emotions can be our gospel. It's not about that. We don't have license to feel condemned. We have license to bring healing. When I'm walking around in false condemnation, all I do is become a baby. It's all about me. When I need to help people who the Bible says is already condemned if they don't accept Jesus. Listen to me. God doesn't send anybody into hell. You do it. By a matter of choice. Listen to me. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believed in him shall have everlasting life. 
Everybody agree with that? Those who deny are, are already condemned. You have a choice to walk out of condem condem condemnation and walk into salvation. He laid it out there. We have to make the choice. And I'm not just talking about just a prayer. I'm talking about a transformed life. We're the, we're the Christians. We're the believers. We are the hope of the world. So when you look at it, I love that. Who can condemn us? Now, here's the other thing. We got to realize when we, we're doing walking with God and we run into something. And I used to do this. And I would go, God, I'm so sorry. Now, confessing my Bible says, confess your sins to one another. And, and, you, and he's, he's faithful and he's just to cleanse my sin. And I will stay there. But that's not what he also called us to do. He told us to repent. He gave us a gift called repentance. I love that gift. If you're a married man, that's the greatest gift on the planet. Man, I tell you what, if you, I don't care how many times you guys say it. Bro, I'm here to tell you. I'm letting you know right now. You know ahead of time. Don't fall into that. I'm ahead of it, okay? You <laughs> repent. Because if you're in sin, you're out of relationship. Now, you don't kill the relationship. You just um, sever the presence for a moment because he can't look upon sin. He gave us repentance for this thing. Yes, I've done it. Now I'm going to turn from and turn to and walk it back out in faith until I hit truth again. Truth repentance and faith. I have to keep walking so I hit more truth. I didn't know it now. I know I have to repent and I have faith. Yeah. Now here's the thing about the power of repentance. I love um, Acts 3.19. It says this. Therefore, repent and return. From what? From where you are to him so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Refreshment. In the word, that word refresh means nourishment, return of strength. Because how I many know when you're feeling condemned or you're feeling guilty, just sapped of strength? You don't want to do anything. You don't want to see anybody because you're afraid they might find out. Can I be real with you? God already knows it. And he reveals it to his people to help you. People who walk with me all these years, they know all my sins. They know me. I can't, well, I can't let me hide. I can't hide. What am I doing? That's a lot of wasted emotion. Crippling emotion, trying to hide who I am. You know, because we do great on Sunday, don't we? And I see you on Tuesday. I didn't know you came there. I didn't know you came out here during the week. Yeah, I was to stay in the, in the church and pray all day. <laughs> came to look for you. Because I know you be out here. Well, repentance, refreshment. How many want to be refreshed in the Lord? This is daily day. This is daily. Learn the gift of repentance. Because if you learn the gift of repentance, what, what, con what guilt and condemnation does, it cause you, causes isolation. And you hide. Men are good at it. I'm hiding in the cave until I work it all out. And we have to go get you. And you hear us all the time here say, we want you to do a couple things here. But the most important thing we want you to do, we want you to engage spiritual family. You have to engage spiritual family because the enemy will keep you out 
and say, you're the only one dealing with this. No one else is going to, they're going to look at you funny. Can I give you a hint? The same thing you're dealing with, they're dealing with. You know when friendships start? When you come up and say, you know, Pastor Rich, I'm dealing with this. Hey, you know, I dealt with that too. Oh, now a friendship has started. We have something in common. But what we do, we isolate. Hope no one finds out who I am. They already know who you are. But we know who you're supposed to become. But you can't become isolated. Because that's what it does. Just me and God. That is a boring existence, but one, he's not there. He's with other people. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there they are in the midst. That happens when you pray. Now go hang out with somebody who's not like you, who might be older than you, who might think different than you, who's going to challenge you. Three levels of relationship. Everyone needs a Paul, everyone needs a Barnabas, and everyone needs a Timothy. What are you talking about, Pastor? You need someone that's pulling you up, you need someone that's going up together with you, and you need someone you're pulling up. That's how you grow. If you're having issues as a young person, there's a bunch of old folks around here ready to help you. Now, they don't look like, hey, let me tell you about looks. They still here? They got something to say. They know more than you know right now. I'm struggling with my kids. Oh, I'm struggling. Hey, really? They don't fit my, yeah, I know they're not going to fit your preference. They're not. That's why God does that. Everyone starts looking like you and acting like you. A boring existence. Spiritual family. Because the devil will beat you up with guilt. Some of you are sitting here and you come every Sunday. You'll come Sunday and you're hoping God will just speak to me. Through my pain, through my shame, through my condemnation. And my guilt, I'm not good enough, not strong enough. And I'll leave, hope I feel a little better. Now go right back. Some of you, and next week we're going to talk about addictions. Someone dealing with this and drinking and alcohol and, and drugs. And no one, I want no one to know. But you don't understand. God already knows. And He sought you, He brought you here so someone else can help you get through it. But it's the power of His Spirit. Everything you do is spiritual. It's a crippling effect on people. But you got to understand the power of salvation. Nothing in your life will be transformed until you're transformed by God first. Sunday school teachers can't do it. Only Jesus can convert a heart. Some of you have given your life to Jesus, but you kind of stalled out. Because you got caught up in the me, me thing. Other you have said you, you know Jesus, but you know of him, not know him. You said a prayer, but there's no fruit. The fruit of your conversion is not a prayer. It's the fruit that you're producing for the glory of God. Think about it. And some of you here, because we live in Abilene, everyone knows about God. Grandmother took me to church. She dragged me to church. So I know a little bit about God, but do you really know him? Because here's the question they always ask. When we go out and ask people, hey, if Jesus is coming back tomorrow, corny question, but if he wants you to go in heaven, would you go? And here's the answer we get. Well, I think so. I do good things. You don't understand. I go to, I go to Cooper and I, do, I feed the kids. And Really? You're not sure? Are you, you mean you're not sure? Now, who wants to live their life unsure? 
I don't want to live my life in the fear of judgment. I want to live my life on the finished work of Jesus. <laughs> I know I am. All the warts and all the mistakes, I know I am. Why? Because it wasn't contingent about who I am or my pedigree or anything else. It's contingent because God is love. And he died for you even when you didn't want to deal with him. That's the good news. When you come to church, you should be cheering. God, thank you for getting, getting me here this week. When you get my age, getting up in the morning, breathing is amazing. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I'm talking to you today. Do a couple calls today. Romans 10.9 says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart one believes and is justified, means declared not guilty. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. What is he saying? True conversion. There's repentance. There's confession. There's repentance. I turn from and I give my life to him who wipes everything clean. And when I'm asking you the other day, who in here has never done that? Who in here has been starting and thinking and living in this area called I hope so? They're not really knowing. And I want to give you this opportunity this morning to really know, to nail it. God, I want to give my life to you fully. And I already know that I know that I know. Because I need to get up, stop walking in this guilt. I need to stop walking in this shame. I need to stop walking in this condemnation. I can't do it any longer. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I don't want to live a miserable life. I want to live an uplifted life, a resurrected life. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, no one's looking. Just wherever you are, I say, I want to give Jesus my whole life. I want to fully give him my life. If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you are. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Keep your hands up. Just keep your hands up. Thank you so much. As you have your hand up, someone's coming around. No one's looking at you. Anyone else? Anyone else? It's your time. It's time to go from hopeful to I know. That's you. Just raise your hand. Second call. So, Pastor Rich, I am dealing with this guilt. It's like a chain and ball. This brick is on my chest. I can hardly breathe. Guilt and shame is just destroying me when I shouldn't be. I just want someone to pray for me. That's you. Raise your hand wherever you are. You've been dealing with guilt and shame. Thank you. Anyone else? This is the safest place you can do it. Say, God, Pastor Rich, I'm walking in condemnation. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for those who has given their lives. <laughs> we celebrate the good news was inserted to someone's heart. And Father, I thank you that it's becoming hereditary. And Lord, I pray for everyone here who's afraid to raise their hands, who already feel condemned and feel neglected. I pray right now by the, hand, by the power of your spirit, they'll know 
that it's a finished work that you call that we can walk in. They know that grace covers everything. They know, God, it is finished. What you've done for us, it is finished. And you call us to walk it out day by day. I thank you right now, God, for the peace. I thank you for the access. God, I thank you so much. Thank you so much. We thank you, Lord God. We praise you. And I thank you, Lord God, for the hope. We praise you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Everyone give the Lord a hand clap. Let's